Thank you for joining us today. We hope this teaching inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you tools for everyday life. We encourage you to visit us at mbcocala.com to discover more about the life-changing ministry at Meadowbrook, as well as convenient ways you can partner with us financially in helping people move from where they are to where God wants them to be. Enjoy the message. Amen. Let's thank the Lord, can we? Thank you, Lord. Welcome online, all right? Welcome our online audience. God bless you guys. Peace to your house. You may be seated. You may be seated. Anybody glad you came tonight? Tom Rao, thank you. Tom Rao. You have no idea the the impact uh, he brings and the work he did to make tonight happen and every every week happen. So we're thankful. How's everybody? Good, good, good. Y'all look good. Y'all look good. Some of y'all look like extra good. In um, uh, like we said, kind of '90s throwback, and some of y'all really took that serious tonight. So, brother, stand right here. Come on, come on, come on. Stand, stand, stand up. Now, what you don't know, he wears that every day. No. Where is Heather? Is Heather here? Heather, get in the light. Get in the light, girl. Come on. Can you turn on light over there? Can you get light on her? You might be, you might be coming up on the stage, yeah. <laughs> Should we be having fun at church? This is my philosophy. I don't care what it is. If you're not having fun, you're not doing it right. Okay? And so I certainly think we can have, we can definitely have fun at church because uh, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Amen. Amen. Hey, uh, this Sunday I'll be um, landing, so to speak, our eight-week series on what happy families know. Uh, I closed out Sunday by saying this. Do not miss next week. So that's just a few days away. So do not miss uh, as we finish this series. Super important uh, combination of things I want to share with you this week. That following week, believe it or not, is Palm Sunday. And uh, and then we're into Easter. And we do have uh, invest and invite cards, some beautiful cards. We're going to have an incredible uh, Easter service we have six services here at Central, two at East, and uh, the service times are Saturday the 20th at 3 o'clock, 5 o'clock, 7 o'clock. Then on the, on the Easter Sunday, it'll be 9 o'clock, 11 o'clock, and one here at Central. It'll be 9 o'clock and 11 o'clock at East on that Sunday. And then all of those services will be live streamed as, as well. But I want you to get folks here. I want you to get folks here. Listen, listen to me, uh, and I shared this Sunday. Read the Gospels, and you will see that about 70% of the acts of power that Jesus did took place directly when someone who knew Jesus went and brought someone to Jesus. And that's when something happens. 
See, he's already done the great, if you're a believer, he's already done the greatest miracle going. He's given you salvation. And we have people all around us. We have close to 70% of our community has no church affiliation at all. And look me in the eye. People need the Lord. There are people hurting. There are people listening to all kinds of stuff. They don't even know what to listen to. And Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And, and, and we want to help in every way we can. You've heard me say this before. The number one form of evangelism, the most effective way to get people to Jesus is what is called relational, invitational evangelism. It's through somebody you know, you give an invitation, and you get them to church. Now, you can get, in our day, you can get just about everything on your phone. You can get worship on your phone. You can get teaching on your phone. You can get sermons on your phone. You can download all kinds of books and watch videos and blogs and everything else. But you know what you cannot get on your phone? You cannot get atmosphere. And there's something that happens in an atmosphere. And I want you to get people here in an atmosphere where the Holy Spirit, we are praying. I want you to be praying. We're believing that God is just going to move upon hearts. And I want you to begin to pray that the Lord would just show you friends, people you know, you know, You'll get a little burden on your heart for them. And God will set it up. God will prepare your heart, uh, prepare their heart, and show you the time. It's going to be easy. And then they'll respond. I pray that they all respond. And uh, there's a lot of ways you can direct them. If they don't know anything about church, tell them, hey, you got a smartphone. There's an app. You can kind of check things out. We've got these beautiful Invest and Invite cards and just a a wonderful, uh, tangible way to help to get them here. And uh, I hope you care about the people that are around you. I hope you really care uh, because we're in some crazy days, and I'll just say it to you again. People need the Lord. Can I get an amen from the church tonight on that? Amen. All right. Well, tonight, let's go ahead and look in Psalm 100. Psalm 100 and verse 3. It says, no, and it really is the idea of acknowledge that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. So tonight I want to share with you a message called, We Are the Sheep of His Pasture. Go ahead and say that with me. We are the sheep of his pasture. Now every morning, everybody say every morning. Every morning, it is very important to me, it is a priority of my day to get up and to seek the Lord and to greet the Lord. And one of the first things that I do, and this is not, I'm not trying to draw attention to myself or anything, but it's a, I want you to know how important this is to me. Every morning of the day, I will bow. I call it begin with a bow. Uh, the pastors of this church, when we have our pastors' meetings, we begin with a bow. I mean, we physically bend our knee and bow before holy God because I figure it this way. If the leadership of this church does not honor our creator and redeemer and head of the church, I don't even know what we're doing. And that is a, just a tangible way. And so no matter what I feel like, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to bow before God. And I say this almost verbatim every day. You are God, and I am not. You made me. I did not make myself. And you take care of me because you care for me. I am the sheep of your pasture. So what does that mean, I am the sheep of your pasture? 
that it's, it's a metaphor, okay? It's, it's a rich language that is saying that we're the ones he takes care of. So when you say, hey, y'all, this is first Wednesday. I need y'all live, all right? All right, okay. When you say, I am the sheep of his pasture, you know you're, what you're saying is, I'm acknowledging this, that he takes care of me. Come on, everybody just say that. He takes care of me. And that's what I want you to know tonight. And then we're going to do something really special toward the end of uh, the service tonight as well. So as the people, the sheep of his pasture, were the people that he takes care of. In John chapter 10, verse 11, watch this. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. You know what that's saying? He gave his life for us, but that is expressing just the most extreme commitment. John 15, 13 says this, a greater love has nobody than this, but that they would lay down their life. And Jesus, our good shepherd, has done that for us. You are loved, listen to me, you are loved and you will be taken care of. You are loved and you will be taken care of, amen. Well, in our lives and in these days, and let's just think about these days for a moment. Uh, pretty crazy, dark, unbelievable, confusing, hopeless at times. Uh, there's so many things we could describe about our day, about the world that we live in. It's changing so rapidly. It's like things are coming unglued. And I just think that we need to be reminded. We need to be perhaps reassured. We might even need to be informed because we didn't even know that God cares for us. And because he cares for us, he will take care of us. Is there anybody glad about that? Now, in Psalm 23, and you know it well, you know, the Lord is my shepherd. There's some of the richest imagery and most beautiful metaphor in scripture. And it really shows a shepherd taking care of his sheep. And there, there are some beautiful narratives woven throughout Scripture that, that incorporate us, that include us. You know, we're the body of Christ. We're the family of God. We're the sheep of his pasture. And that's what we're really focusing in on tonight here. So it's a shepherd taking care of his sheep. And let's look really what that means real quick. Here's one of the ways. First of all, he cares. Everybody say he cares. How many of you love it when somebody cares? How many of you hate it when somebody does not care? Now, let me describe a little bit further. A couple weeks ago, my, my stepfather, uh, he lives down in Leesburg. He called me on a, early on a Monday morning. He said, I need you to come, come get me, take me to the hospital. And I won't go into all the detail. And I said, well, what's going on? And he told me. I said, well... You know, by the time I get there, I said, you need to just go to the hospital. Call the ambulance now and go to the hospital. And he said, I'll just drive myself. I said, no, sir, no, sir. He's 86 years old. And I said, no. I said, you get an ambulance. I will meet you at the hospital. So I spent the next five days, I mean, from morning till dark, down at Leesburg, the hospital with him, because I wanted to make sure, you ready for this? I want to make sure people cared for him and took care of him. Because there's nothing more aggravating when you have a need, when you have a pain, when you have a situation, and a person is just doing their job. So when I pray for people, 
When I pray for people that are on our hospital list, and I have, I have a, what I call a short list uh, of people that I'm familiar with, situations God's put on my heart, and I pray for them. One of the things I pray for them is not just, oh, that they would get better, not that they would get help and all that, but I pray that every person that attends to them cares for them. I love it when a doctor, a nurse, a, 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 a server at a restaurant, whatever, treats you like family. And, and let me just challenge you real quick. And whatever your job, whatever your interactions are, care for people. Don't just go through your job. I mean, you have no idea. You've heard this before. You have no idea the battle that they're, that they're facing. You have no idea their whole story that brings them to walk up to you or to walk up to them. Why don't you care for them? And I'm telling you, it, it does something on the inside. Well, I'm thankful that we have a good shepherd who, who cares for us. He truly, truly cares. He aches over us. And out of that kind of love and care, he takes good care of us. And when you really care, you will take good care. You will do a good job. Amen? Do you follow me on that? Second thing that a shepherd does is he guides. He guides. Now, I worked at a gas station for about four years. Um, Last two years of high school, first two years of college. And I've I've told you stories from the gas station before. There are plenty. (laughs) But I can remember, you know, being the high school junior, got my name on my shirt, got a key on a retractable chain. (laughs) That will mess with your ego. I just, a rag in my pocket. And, And back then... Back then, if you had a credit card, we had a book about that thick. And we had to look up your number. So be nice to me. And then you put the credit card in. Y'all remember this one? All right. And, but I remember being at the station one day and uh, a guy pulled in and asked for directions. I kind of thought I knew where to go. But I was feeling like a big man that day. So I said, here's what you want to do. I said, you want to go about six lights down this way? Take a right. You're going to see a sign that's going to take you out the turnpike. And you want to head north. Something like that. <laughs> the guy was like, all right. And I was thankful he didn't ask me to repeat it. <laughs> Within earshot, working on another car was my boss. And after the guy pulled out, he goes, where did he want to go? And I told him, and he goes, oh, my gosh, what did you do? I gave him directions. I guided him. How many of you are glad that our guide actually knows the way? Okay. (laughs) Here's what else he does. He provides. You just need to say that out loud. He provides. I I know I've said it 11,000 times in my adult life. God will provide. God will provide. God will provide. As, a, as an individual, as a husband, as a head over my family, as a, as a father, as a grandfather, as a pastor of a church, I've learned this. God will provide. And it's not a, a desperation kind of, uh, 
To me, it is knowledge now. He does it. He does it. He provides. So I can say it, and I just want you to say it tonight over your life. Just say this, God will provide. Do you even know what the word provide means? You know, sometimes we use the word provision, provision. Break the word down, it means provision. It literally means to see before, provision, to see vision before. So if God sees ahead of time, God sees, he provides. One of his Old Testament redemptive names is Jehovah Jireh. He's the Lord who sees. That's what that literally means in the Hebrew. He's the Lord who sees. And this is the thing. God is not surprised. You know, and we, we, we get all frantic and, and, and frenetic about, ah, I've got this need. I've got this situation. Guess what? My wife says this all the time. There's one of the greatest revelations you can get a hold of, and it's this. God saw this day. Come on, everybody say it with me. God saw this day. And he provides, and that's what our shepherd does. He provides. Amen? Amen? Yeah. All right. And next, he protects. I'm glad that he protects us. I'm glad that he doesn't run off. Nothing scares him. Nothing. He not only protects us in the sense that he, that he shields us, but he also guards us. And I believe that just by virtue of his presence in our life, there are things that never come our way because he's there. Amen. I love this kind of shepherd. Look with me in Psalm 23, verse 1. We're going to read this in about five or six translations here, just verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Now, I got saved in sixth grade. That was last century, y'all. And I remember seeing this in the King James and then in the New King James, and it's a little confusing. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. It, may, it kind of sounds like he is, but I don't want him. Well, that's not what it means. It means I, sh- I shall not want. Look at it in some other translations here. Go to the next one if you would. The Lord is my shepherd, I have all that I need. Go to the next one. N- New International Version. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. Go to the next one, the Living Bible. Because the Lord is my shepherd, I have everything I need. That, that one's worth reading altogether. Come on, everybody. Because the Lord is my shepherd, I have everything that I need. Watch this in the Amplified Bible, I believe it's next. The Lord is my shepherd to feed, guide, and shield me. I shall not lack. You know what might be a good idea for you to every day kind of say that out loud? And just say it from a heart of faith and maybe a heart of hope. But say that because that's who he is. Amen. Here's the bottom line. You will be taken care of. What are you worrying about tonight? I want to give you some good news. You will be taken care of. You have, you have a good shepherd. Everybody say, I, I'll be all right. Come on, one more time. I'll be all right. This does not mean that there will be no needs, no problems, no enemies, no pressure. What it means that is he will see to those needs, those problems, those pressures, those, those enemies. Nothing will come your way without him seeing it. Nothing will come your way without him knowing it. 
Nothing will come your way that he's not able to handle. Because what? He's a good shepherd, and you are who? You are the sheep of his pasture. Amen. Now, you drive cattle. You lead sheep. So if you are a believer, you are actually a follower of Jesus. And Jesus is our good shepherd. Y'all with me? Jesus is our good shepherd. So you drive cattle. You lead sheep. Jesus is our good shepherd. So if he's leading us, this is the best life, then you follow him. You follow him. Now, if he's a shepherd, and I was going to bring some videos, but I, I couldn't find a favorite one to even have competitions for this. Seriously, but shepherds have sheepdogs. Some of you will remember Bugs Bunny and the, and the wolf and the sheepdog. Does anybody remember that? Okay. Um, but shepherds have dogs that help to herd the sheep. So as you follow the shepherd, the shepherd leads, the shepherd guides, the shepherd sees before he has sheepdogs that follow after you to keep you in line, to keep you moving, to chase things away, to round you up, to keep moving everybody back toward the center again. And I want to give you his sheepdogs' names. You ready? Here they are. Goodness and mercy. And Psalm 23 says that goodness and mercy shall what? Shall follow me all the days of my life. Come on, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. They, they are chasing me down all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The message Bible says they chase after me every day of my life. Aren't you glad that goodness and, and mercy are following you every day? Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a good, good praise tonight. So I'm going to read this just like I wrote. I am the sheep of his pasture. The Lord is my shepherd. His sheep dogs, goodness and mercy are chasing me. I will be taken care of. And if I will be taken care of, listen to this. I no longer have to manage the weather. I no longer have to manage prices. I no longer have to manage politicians. I no longer have to manage people and world events and neighborhood junk. I don't have to manage those. Why? Because there's somebody that's way bigger than I am that's taking care of all of those things for me. He is my good shepherd. I am the sheep of his pasture. Amen. Amen. Now, let's shift gears real quick. And I want you to listen real close. Ride real tight with me here. The Lord is our good shepherd. He is also, 1 Peter 5, 4 says, he is the chief shepherd. Him being the chief shepherd indicates to us that there are other shepherds and that there are lesser shepherds. The idea of chief shepherd does not mean opposing shepherds, although they're, they're not really opposing shepherds. There are hirelings, the Bible talks about. 
And that takes us back to those that don't care. When any kind of thing comes up, they run off. They're in it for the wrong reasons. But the Bible clearly tells us that he is the chief shepherd, and there are other shepherds that are under him, and they're referred to in Scripture as under shepherds. And so in his love and in his care for you, how many of you know Jesus got a whole lot of sheep? Uh, In his love and his care for you, his sheep, he has under shepherds. And under shepherds, let me give you a word that we use, are pastors. They're pastors. Everybody say pastors. Look with me in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. Now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. These are referred to as the fivefold ministry gifts. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Look at this in the English Standard Version. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers. And so a pastor is an under-shepherd, okay? A pastor is an under-shepherd. And I want you to notice in this, shepherds and teachers, in the previous translation, pastors and teachers, there is some correlation that they go together. And I believe that a pastor should also be, and Scripture says, able to teach. It's, it's vital. In, in uh, uh, Mark 6, verse 34, it says that Jesus looked out on a multitude, and his heart hurt, and he was moved com- with compassion because they were like sheep with no shepherd. And the next, the next sentence says this, so he began to teach them. So people without a shepherd... Part of the the role here goes together. He began to teach them. Here's here's why. Here's why. Look at this phrase. I learned this years ago. Sheep tend to get lost one bite at a time. Now think about a sheep out out in a a field. It's just one at a time. They kind of wander off, nibbling, 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 wander off. My dog Bruno, he's labradoodle, so the lab part of him has incredible sense of smell so he gets out and he just gets distracted because he's smelling things that aren't there anymore but but they've been there and he just gets so distracted and off track and i have to have to literally you know clap my hands to to get him back and guess what sometimes you're like that you start to graze on some weird stuff okay you start to get off track come on admit it admit it we do we do how many of you i'm I'm gonna look up a bible verse on that on my phone Next thing you know, you're watching weird junk, y'all. I didn't know the Kardashians went there. You know, you just, and, and we do that. And you know what? Guess what? The, then some dogs come nipping and nibbling at you, you know. Uh, goodness and mercy. And sometimes the shepherd's got to get your attention, kind of pull you back. But sheep tend to get lost one bite at a time. And it is absolutely vital. It is a biblical mandate. It is hot from heaven that people have to be taught in this day of noise and this day of denying truth. You have to be taught the truth. So a shepherd, as an under-shepherd, we have to teach. And, And every event at this church, everything that we're doing with all generations in this church, there has to be good, sound teaching of the Word of God taking place because sheep tend to get lost one bite at a time. Amen. Now, an under-shepherd, an under-shepherd watches someone else's sheep. 
Okay, look at this in Acts chapter 20, verse 28. Everybody still with me? This is in the message paraphrase. Now, it's up to you. Be on your toes, both for yourselves, and Paul is speaking to leaders here, both for yourselves and your congregation of, come on, what? What? Of sheep. The Holy Spirit has put you in charge of these people, God's people they are, to guard and protect them. In charge of them does not mean that you're telling them what to do all the time and do this and do this and bring this to me. The charge is to guard and to protect them. Get this last sentence here. God himself thought they were worth dying for. So they're his sheep. Look at it in the Amplified Bible real quick. Take care and be on guard for yourselves and the whole flock over which the Holy Spirit has appointed you bishops or overseers and guardians to shepherd, tend, and feed and guide the church of the Lord or of God, which he obtained for himself buying it and saving it for himself with his own blood. You remember back in John 10, the good shepherd gives up his life for his sheep. So you belong, listen to me, you belong to the good shepherd. But the good shepherd has under shepherds to help take care of you. And this is part of the reason we've all got to be in church. And in the Old Testament and New Testament, every reference to shepherd, that, that the word used for shepherd uh, New Testament is the Greek word poiomain. In the Old Testament, there are several other words, and it is to feed, to tend, to lead, to nurture, to guard, to guide, to fold, and that is to keep bringing back to the, to the middle. Don't let people just wander off to the edge. And I believe this too. I had an uh, old pastor. His name was Pastor Roy Hicks, a great faith teacher from, from, uh, for many, many years, and uh, met with him one time, and he, and he said this to me. He said, son, remember this. The church was just... Six months old at the time. He said, a shepherd should smell like sheep. Now, that's not to insult you. (laughs) What does that mean? You better be near them. You better get out among them. You don't stay in some high tower and come out special. You better be near them. You better get close to them. You better be around them. You better be in their life. You better be where things are messed up in their life and where things are celebrated in their life. You need, you need to get close with, with people. Now listen, in both Jesus' eyes and in the devil's eyes, follow this, in Jesus' eyes and in the devil's eyes, you are sheep. Now Jesus wants to shepherd you. The devil wants to eat you. Okay? So, the shepherd then, and I want to, got a couple props here. We read in scripture that says the shepherd has a rod and a staff. And because the shepherd has the rod and the staff, David the psalmist says, they comfort me. Hebrew Old Testament word for comfort there means to breathe deeply, to breathe deeply. Do you know what it means? A sigh of relief. Because your shepherd, your good shepherd, has a rod. What's the rod for? You ready? It's to beat the stink out of a wolf. It's to protect you. What is the, the staff for? It's to guide you. Sometimes it's to snag you by the neck and draw you back in. It's to clear the path for you. It's to beat down things so that, so that you can walk where you are. And so 
these, the fact that part of the role of the shepherd is, is to protect but also to tend and to lead in those ways. Bear that in mind. Jeremiah says in Jeremiah 3.15, and I will give you shepherds after my own heart. So shepherds should be doing what is on the heart of the Lord. Who are you again? You're the sheep of his pasture. Whose sheep are you? Are, are you? You're his. He's the good shepherd. You're the sheep of his pasture. And he wants to give under shepherds after his heart who will feed you with knowledge and with understanding. Now follow this carefully, and I'm, I'm, I'm bringing to an important place right here. You need a shepherd. You need a pastor. Everybody needs a pastor in their life. And a pastor, hear this, a pastor is more of a function than a title. It's more of a function than a title. I've had people over the years say, what should I call you? I said, call me what you want me to be. Because I've had people say, well, you're just, hey, Tim. Well, if you want Tim, here's Tim. And, and I don't demand of anybody. But when somebody calls me, pulls on me, so to speak, hey, pastor, you know what I hear? I need to go shepherd. I need to do something. There. It's more of a function than a title. There are some pastors in the world that have got confused and are caught up in the title. I hear the function. Don't hear this wrong. It's just like windshield wiper. (laughs) Vacuum cleaner. Work boots. They have a title, but it just speaks of their function. Are are y'all following me? And so pastor just speaks of of the function of what to do. You need a pastor because Matthew chapter 9, Jesus says that people that are without a pastor are weary, confused, and scattered. John 10, 12, it says the wolf comes to catch and to scatter. And I believe this. And just look into nature, okay? Just look into nature. The wolf. Now remember, Jesus, your good shepherd, sees you as a sheep. And the devil, who is the wolf, John 10 tells us, sees you as a sheep. And what he comes to do is steal, kill, and destroy. What he comes to do is try to scatter, try to catch, try to devour. And the wolf in nature, you ready for this, can sense, can smell if a shepherd is nearby or not. This is why I say you need a shepherd. You've got to have a shepherd in your life. You've got to have pastor in your life. Now, this is not about me because you'll see in just a moment, this is not about me at all. This is about you have to have a shepherd because the enemy of your soul that sees you as a sheep can sense and can smell an incredible sense of smell to know if there's a shepherd around or not. It's an entirely different breed of critter almost in that it can sense what what is around it. And so you need a shepherd. You need to be in proximity to this thing called church and the family of God and local family of God so that the enemy of your soul can sense and know, no, I'm not going after them. And it's not about I'm somehow able to protect you. No, it's, it's by virtue. So listen to me. 
Pastors are not special. You're special. You're so special that God wants to give special care to you that he calls and gave some gifts and abilities and set apart some folks, not so they could be all special, but so they could take special care of God's people so they could give their life to pray, to study, to cry, to weep, to work, to help, to be there, to show up, to do everything that is needed so that your family could be surrounded and have that smell. Sometimes I'll run into somebody in the grocery store or Target or somewhere. They go, wow, I haven't seen you in a while. And they go, I haven't seen you either. I know where I've been. I don't know where you've been. And this has happened multiple, multiple times. And they just start crying. And, they, and I'm telling you what, life's not going well. And the enemy starts to nibble and eat their lunch. Say, I don't know what it is, but it's just like this falling apart and that's getting messed up. And, and I'll tell you why. Because there's a wolf who sees you as a sheep and he is, he is nipping at you. And, and God's sheepdog's goodness and mercy. I mean, you, 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 you need a shepherd. You've got to stay folded into the flock. And that idea of fold is to keep, you know, we want to keep folding people. We don't want people to get off to the edge. My grandma, old-fashioned, old-school always flour on her kitchen floor because she was always baking, always baking. And she would knead the dough. She would fold the dough, which means you're constantly taking the outside and putting it on the inside, constantly doing this, constantly doing this. And as part of the actual role of a shepherd is to help keep you from just wandering off to the edges and get you folded back into the center so you could be safe because there is a real enemy and there is a real good shepherd. Amen? Now... A biblical New Testament church and a biblical New Testament pastor will create for you a God dependency and not a pastor dependency. A good under-shepherd will keep pointing you to God. A good under-shepherd will keep pointing you to the good shepherd. I, I told you on Sunday, my message every week is this, cooperate with God. You know, everything about what we do here and the, and the people we have serving you here is to point you to God. Good shepherds keep pointing you to the good shepherd. Amen. Thanks again for listening to this message resource for Meadowbrook. You can stay connected by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at NBC Ocala.